you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. Uh... I'm Adam, I'm your designated host, and of course, uh, joining us, uh, they look like uh, 75 or 85 years old, got the minds of 13-year-olds, uh, they might be 69 years old, but at least for this show, they are twenty a minimum of 21 years old. Please say hello to the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie, step off, I'm doing the hump, and I know where you're going with all those numbers. Uh, right. <laughs> See, he knows. Scott, educating the masses, one drink at a time. We got a fun uh, episode planned for you. We got a pay-per-view review coming in. Uh, we got uh, drinks in hand. First off, uh, what do you have in hand? And uh, th- yeah, I can see it through the FaceTime right now. Precursor of what to expect. So we both have the same thing, and I'll go ahead and just say what uh, ep- what uh, what the episode's going to be about. Go, go for and, it. And I'm gonna crack it right now because it, it all ties together. It's a themed show this week. So. Scott and I both are drinking Stone Cold's Broken Skull IPA from El Segundo Brewery. The reason we're doing that is because this week, actually, you're going to hear this Friday, Wednesday, was uh, 25 years since Austin 316. So in honor of the Austin 316 promo, we are drinking three 16-ounce cans of Broken Skull IPA during this episode. And well, we are, you are for sure. I definitely I'm- am. I'm I'm questionable. I'm gonna try to get through <laughs> my first one before the before we get through the first match. <laughs> wow! So you're gonna <laughs> this hear should me. be fun. So right. So so what have you had to drink, Scott? Uh, so far, just one shot of Centauri whiskey. Okay, I had one gin blossom. I had about two ounces of gin, and I had a shot of blackened. So that's all I've had. Now I'm gonna drink the beer. Right. You're gonna hear me get drunk during this episode. Oh, I look forward to it. We might also hear you piss into a bag. At some point tonight, if I mean, maybe I'll get through this first episode, but at some point tonight, I'm definitely, <laughs> I have four of them in my desk. Okay. Can you give us a signal when you do it? No. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give you a signal after I did it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, cheers. Here's the Stone Cold. In the, mean, in the meantime, I don't have uh, three Broken Skull IPAs, but I do have three drinks in hand. Uh, I do have some Kiss Cola. Yeah, baby. Get, uh, and because it's hot as testicles out here. Uh, I also have some iced tea and some water, because fuck, it's hot. Stay hydrated. All right. Uh, Notes before we go in, or do we cover? Yes, sir. I do. I have a few. I have a few. Um, So we got a new iTunes review. I always like to read the iTunes review. Um, I'll be quick with these. Uh, We got one from a guy called The Macho Man via Apple Podcasts. Five stars. I just started listening to the show earlier this year to break up the monotony from working at home, and I love the show. Love when you guys do old ECW pay-per-views, and I appreciate when the wives come on the show as well. As a fellow podcaster, I appreciate the work you put into the show. Thanks. Um, I wish he had said the name of his podcast so I could plug it. 
and I wish I knew his Twitter handle so I could plug that so you guys <laughs> could check his podcast out. But uh, Macho Man, hit us up on um, uh, the Twitter, and we'll put you over if you uh, are interested. But uh, thanks for the review. Yeah, thanks, and, dude. Yeah. So that's the end of the um, regular reviews because the rest are insane. So the next one is from a guy called L Hatcher ninety four. Um, his Twitter is at LSUGUY94. I guess it's LSUGUY94? Correct. Yep. Okay. He said, I've spent my entire 10-hour 10, 10 workday listening to Drunk Wrestling History, and I'll do it again tomorrow. Only thing missing is a cold one. So this dude, I guess in two days, listened to 20 hours of us. Oh, man. <laughs> that can't be healthy. No, he might have had, had a mental breakdown of some sort after. I don't know. Um <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one is from a guy called Christopher Robbins. He is at me, Kip Winchester. Uh, just how it so- it's spelled exactly how it sounds, at me, Kip Winchester. He said, Drunk Wrestling History is absolutely the best wrestling podcast, hands down. Just discovered you guys two weeks ago, and I've gone through 20 episodes already. So he's gone crazy on the show, too. Man, I guess we are binge-worthy, huh? Dude, we're totally, we're like the Tiger King of drunk podcasts. <laughs> Fuck that, we're like the office of drunk wrestling podcasts. Yeah, we're, we're like the uh, the Stephen Avery of drunk podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like we're the MST3K yeah, of right. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, people just binge this shit, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys, that's fucking yeah, th- rad. Yeah, thanks for the reviews, thanks for the comments, thanks for listening. Um, okay, another quick thing, we, ha- we recently got listeners in Ukraine, Indonesia and Japan, which are all new countries for us, and I would like to say to them, Budmo, Bursulong, and Kampai. And I just want to say thanks for listening to uh, our recent listeners in France, Russia, the UK, Canada, Mexico, Ireland, and that one dude in India. Cheers. <laughs> and then one last thing, Adam, you don't know this yet. Uh, today, Scott and I, I told him I wish we had a shot of something on the desk, but we don't, so we'll just have a big sip of beer. Uh, today was our first triple-digit download day. Ooh. Oh, that was a big one. We've come close Super to it. Cool. We've come close to it before, but we got we finally got triple digits on one. We usually get like a couple hundred over the weekend, but we never have gotten that much on the first day. So, big day for the show. Thank you guys. You're fucking awesome. And uh, big sip of beer for you guys. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. Because honestly, like when you do a show like this without an audience. You really don't want to keep going, right? I mean, we just start drinking and watching wrestling again and just talking shit. But you guys really seem to be enjoying it. Thank you for the reviews. And as long as you keep reviewing and sending us positivity, we'll keep the show going and we'll keep drinking with you guys. And send us ideas. We're always looking for new ideas. Just, just to be sure, the, the episode that just dropped today. Today. Yeah, the Rumble, what? The Rumble what a, 2005. What a pick. A Tony Award-worthy episode. Exactly. Adam, I think it was your poetry during the show that really put us over. (laughs) That did it. Oh, God. That was the highlight. Then you're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so that's all I have uh, before we get started, so let's get uh, going. All right, as Eddie uh, introduced, uh, yes, this is going to be King of the Ring 1996. Uh, Sorry, backtracking. The Year of Our Lord 1996. Thank you. Just to be... uh, um, just to make sure it's that particular uh, 
uh, set of years, not the the regular Gregorian calendar. Uh, but this takes place at the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee. I always like to say Milwaukee, which is Cherokee for the good land. Al- <laughs> Alice, I, I have that know, in my notes, you know too. Where, you know where I got that from? <laughs> Absolutely. Same place we all got that from. Eddie, that we're not worthy. What? We're not, <laughs> we're not worthy. worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So to start start off the show, uh, Owen Hart is on his way out. Vince, uh, J- Vince and JR are the primary commentators, and Owen is going to be uh, joining them. And, boys, he got a uh, chip on his shoulder throughout the entire show. Right off the bat, he is on fire. So before we get into the actual oh, matches, a yeah. um, couple yeah. quick things. Um, this arena is small. Did you notice it how small it is? It's a little yeah. tiny arena. Um, also, so this is the infamous year that Triple H was supposed to win King of the Ring and uh, didn't because of what happened with the um, the curtain call. Do you know what Triple H did on the show? Uh, I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere. You're right. He beat Aldo Montoya in a dark match. Oh, so he was in the dark match. So he didn't even show up on this pay-per-view. Yeah, he was in the dark match with Aldo Montoya. <laughs> I was like, shit, I watched this like two weeks ago, and I can't remember Triple H being in it, and that would be why. In a mm-hmm. fucking dark match. Dude, they really did punish him, huh? Dude, that's worse than leaving him off the show. They could be like, dude, just stay home. You know, take the weekend off. No, show yeah. up and show up and wrestle Aldo fucking Montoya. Yeah, put in all the travel and the being in the fucking car, and oh, man. At least he got catering. That's true, yeah. I, mean, I imagine he enjoyed that. But that's actually... That's actually a big payoff for the King of the Ring that we got out of it. Maybe he also got to yeah, bang well, Sonny. So maybe there was a d- another perk in addition to getting catering. God willing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the other thing, the other quick note I had right at the start of the show, one of the first things I noticed, there's a dude in the front row with a hat that looks like he's in a fucking jug band. Did you see that? I imagine he's probably barefoot. <laughs> 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 Do they get down like that in Milwaukee? I have no idea. I don't know anything about Milwaukee. I don't. I, I don't think so. But I don't know. Maybe he's from some. Uh, I don't, he's from some other part of the country. <laughs> I don't know, man. He looked like a cartoon character from like an old, like uh, you know, like those crows would sit on the fence. <laughs> like he'd be oh, in a cartoon t- with those guys. <laughs> Damn it! I wish Lawler had seen him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the uh, matches, Adam. All right, so yeah, th- those are intros. First match of the night is going to be the first of the King of the Rings semifinals. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Wildman Mark Marrow, accompanied by Sable. Two WCW castaways. You're right, you're right. Isn't that crazy yeah. that Vince took these two guys and basically built them into huge stars? Not to say that Johnny B. Bad or Stunning Steve weren't big stars in WCW, but it was like they hit the WWF roster and like they became megastars. They, they became a really they big found deal. their calling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I mean, because there were I believe there were qualifying matches for this on Raw. I think correct. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, so Mark Merrill had to beat a couple people to get onto this pay per view. So he was in the final. Um, what eight? Owen Hart was one of those people. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, um, yeah. They were both. Shit, Merrill was actually until kind of right around here. Merrill was a bigger deal than Austin was. Well, he was undefeated. He was undefeated. Match too. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, Stone Cold came out to. He's being called Stone Cold Steve Austin now. Correct. But he's coming out to the Ringmaster music, which I totally had forgotten about. 
Yes, and they also made note that the stunner had debuted the week before. Mm-hmm. Again, he just Sab- started using it. He did it against Sabio Vega in the pre in uh, one of the previous tournament matches. He also knocked off Spark Plug Bob Holly. But uh, Stunner uh, comes in uh, the round after that against Sabio Vega. That's the debut of the Stone Cold Stunner. And those are yep. fun facts by Adam. No, those. <laughs> Well, those are drunk well, facts. Drunk facts, that's right. Let's, yeah. uh, <laughs> There's nothing fun about them. Right, they're drunk. Th- yeah, and then uh, for Mark Merrow, here's some drunk facts. Uh, I, well, an incomplete fact. I forget who he knocked off in the round before Owen Hart, but he did knock off Owen Hart, uh, and then uh, he claims that he slipped off of the mat and... Uh, Tried to congratulate him, but uh, hit him in the face with uh, his cast. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like I slipped. I went it was to an con- accident. I went to congratulate him, and I slipped. That, that's like saying I, I'm not crying. My eyes are sweating. Shut up. <laughs> so right as it's getting started, like right away during the entrances, Owen calls Sable ugly and homely. He, yeah. And then he said, since when can girls be managers? And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a fun night. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we go. Owen already exactly. starting in. And Mero was as tan as anything I've ever seen, dude. He must have gone to Hogan's tanning salon. He looked like tan mom. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. So I have that in my notes. I said, I've, no- I've never seen Mark Mero with neck length hair. I call him tanning bed Al Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect name for him. <laughs> um, so back early on, it's a good back and forth. Austin tosses Marrow out, and then he, he um, press slams him onto the concrete, which was pretty. That was pretty cool for an opening match. And while he's out there beating him, he lifted the uh, the what do you call it, the mat to press mm-hmm. slam him. And that kid who was always there in the '90s with the Mo Howard haircut, he's right there. Yeah, yeah you caught that. Yep, that's that kid that I made that meme of where I just wrote Mark on it. I used to right. send it to you all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, and Austin's just fucking him up, dude. He's just being brutal. It's very... Um, you can see him becoming Stone Cold in this in this match. Very much so. Yeah, it was moving away from the ringmaster and kind of getting that edge that you could see kind of starting to flesh out the Stone Cold character. Right. He's got that mean streak. Right. And he's like... Um, he's almost like toying with Marrow. Like, he's not really trying to just beat him quickly. And Vince actually mentions that a few times. Which was pretty cool. And then... Um, Marrow hit him. Did Marrow hit him with? He hit him with like a rear view from the rope, right? Yes. And that's what busted Austin's lip open. Right. Now yep, cracked watch, it open. Sixteen stitches, dude. So watching this back in the day, I thought it was a kick. But then when I watched it again, I was like, no, that was his ass. He hit him with a rear view, like Naomi and busted his lip. Like that's some ass on Mark Marrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called got- the flying asshole. It tore him up. <laughs> yeah, the flying butt players. <laughs> <laughs> And, dude, did you catch early on, like, before the match even started, the crowd's already chanting for Sable? Yeah, totally. Okay, we can see where this is going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the crowd's already starting to, like, not give a shit about Mero, who's supposed to be the big star, and they're starting to look at Sable. Like, you could really see during this pay-per-view, like, all of the seeds being planted for what would be the Attitude Era. Like, this is really what yeah. it was. It was the kickoff moment for the Attitude Era, in my mind, in planting the seeds. It really was, yeah, and... That was a long time before they made Sable into the star. If you think about yeah. it, this is June 96, and it was so... She was in the tag team match of 14, which was almost two years later. 
like right. 20 months later or whatever it was yeah it was a slow build really slow which was good they don't do they don't do that anymore of course no, everything's hot shotted now it's just yeah it goes too quick well they have five hours of tv now versus two back then yeah right or was it even <laughs> one it might have still been one in 96 i don't remember well no they had uh raw yeah yeah but remember raw used to be an hour oh what well, they still had saturday mornings though didn't they or when did that go away I'd have to look it up, or Adam would have to look it up. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, they might have still had. Maybe they did have two hours at all times, and when they got rid of Saturday morning, they went to two-hour Raw. But Raw originally was only a one-hour show. Okay. So I, don't, I don't remember what it was at this point. But still, the, all the programs were slower builds back then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, was it... Um, I don't know. Where am I in my notes? <laughs> I'm already feeling this beer, dude. <laughs> Well, I'm like two thirds through it. I'm, you know what? I'm almost there with you. Oh, really? I'm not trying to keep pace with you because all it'll be like the first time in the history of drunk wrestling history that somebody's <laughs> thrown up during the show. <laughs> oh, that would be I mean, awesome. I mean, we've peed, we've yeah. dropped deuces, yeah, but we've never vomited. Okay, promise me, if you ever throw up during the show, you'll do it here. Like, don't go into the bathroom. Oh, I have a garbage can in my bedroom here. Okay. So, okay. yeah. All right, if I shit goes down, I will definitely barf. In, I don't want, and you'll hear it. I don't. I do not want to miss that. <laughs> right, you know, I'm sure the listeners don't either. Um, so, <laughs> so Stone Cold ended up grabbing Marrow and uh, hit him with a hot shot, which I don't remember him ever doing besides that. Yeah, but it, that was kind of a different hot shot, though. He almost picked him up into a power bomb. A power bomb, yeah, exactly. And he kind of just rolled backwards. Y- yeah, and he just kind of like dropped him over, hot shot. And uh, the crazy part was, too, is uh, Marrow hit like a top rope Hurricane Rana. Mm hmm. And Austin kicked out of that. Like, there were several moments in this match I was like, okay, Austin's done. And I remember watching back in 96, like, Mero was a big deal. And Austin still kind of was saddled with that ringmaster gimmick up until this pay-per-view. I was for sure that Mero was going to take this. That's who you would have put your money on, yeah, for There's sure. There's no doubt. And, yeah, I was completely wrong, and I'm, I have those in my notes. Like, every single match in the King of the Ring, I was completely off with who I thought was going <laughs> to come out on top. Way off. Um... Yeah, you know, okay. Look at okay. Just looking ahead at the rest of them, I could see why you would be wrong. Yeah, yeah, hundred totally. percent. I did yeah. not see Austin coming out against Mark Merrow at all. Spoiler. Yeah. Um. So after the you know okay, well after the hot shot, Austin hits a stunner one two three, and that was that. Well, and, and you uh, know what's crazy too is you watch that stunner, and isn't it crazy how much the kick adds to it because he wasn't mm-hmm, doing the kick mm-hmm. to the stomach yet. It just came out of nowhere, and it wasn't. The, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's. I don't want to say that it's like anticlimactic because you know it's a cool move, but that kick that he added to it added so much to the move itself. It's amazing. You go back and watch the first version of the stunner versus the one with the kick. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's night and day. It adds so much to it, and you wouldn't think that it would, but it really does. It really did, yeah. And for I don't know why, because like you know, HBK would do his tuning up the band and hit the super yes. kick. But a lot of times he'd hit a super kick out of nowhere, and that was actually more exciting. Yes, but. The same is not true for the stunner, and I, I don't know if I can tell you why. Even the RKO doesn't require anything. Like he can Nothing. just throw it, and it's awesome. But yeah. the stunner, for some reason, yeah, it just it needs that little extra. And Austin hit it perfectly with that kick that he added later. Yeah, I would love to know who came up with that idea. Hmm. We'd have yeah. to look that up. That'd be interesting to look up. Yeah. Good question. Um, it was sixteen. It was sixteen minutes and forty nine seconds, which I thought was pretty long for an opening match, especially back then. Yeah, but these two guys, I think they needed it. And as we get further along into the King of the Ring matches themselves yeah. for the tournament, 
uh, maybe that's why these guys went a little long. Right, I think so. Yeah, and it was it was a good sixteen forty nine. I mean, there were no there there were no dull moments at all. Solid opener, good Great back match. and forth. Yeah, I I totally agree. I love this match. Yeah. Um. So after that, we've got Jake backstage talking about the Lord is going to help him win. Right. So my question is, does this pay per view prove that DDP is greater than God? Oh, I, I, I think oh. it does. I think so. <laughs> I mean, God didn't Fantastic say Jake. point. <laughs> I DDP think yoga did. I think that's the only conclusion we can draw from this. Well, there it is. And there's your new math equation for the day, ladies and gentlemen. DDP and, greater than God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, imagine if it had been HBK and DDP versus Vince and Shane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would have been they, brutal. Yeah, the McMahons would have been smited before they even hit the ring. <laughs> Yeah, DDP would have smote them. Right. <laughs> they would have been smoted. <laughs> Smoten. <laughs> he says that he's also says that he's so confident if he was gonna rob a bank, he's gonna sneak in from the rear. If you're that overly confident, just show off. Do it for the through the front door. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes sometimes it's fun to sneak in through the rear though, Adam. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of times that, you don't even need permission to do it. Uh, Almost never. Oops, uh, I, I did it again. <laughs> that was an accident. Sorry. It slipped. Dude, you know what's funny is Owen is really calling out Jake for being 41. I know. I okay. have that in my notes. Right, he calls him out for being 41, and I'm like, dude, I'm older than 41. Fuck Owen. Yeah, I'm sitting there watching this as, as a 47-year-old man. You're 47? I'm 47. I'm not old. Oh, my God, dude. I thought you were 46, you poor thing. Oh, yeah, that one year. Yeah, that makes a yeah. huge difference. Well, about 58 um, or 68 or something. I'm just, I'm just continuing dude, to own jokes. At 41? Holy shit. Jake yeah. at 41 is like well-traveled road, dude. Oh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Jake looked like he was 81. Yeah, moved like he was 81, too. That was the, that's the worst 41, and I don't look good for 41. I look... <laughs> You look ill. Shake looks terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> your tombstone's gonna say, "I told you I wasn't feeling well." <laughs> so maybe Owen had a point throughout the night. I don't. <laughs> Owen definitely had a point. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> All right. What's but, the next but match? That Adam? would be our segue going into the second semifinal of the King of the Ring tournament. Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Vader, uh, accompanied by a tennis player and leader of Camp Cornette, Jim Cornette himself. I just want to point out two more, technically, two more WCW castaways. Jake? Yes. Jake was in WCW. Are you talking about early on or are you talking about recently before this? No, I'm talking about before this. He was there from like 92 to 93. Well, Jake should have been cast away. <laughs> to be I, fair. I completely agree. But just I don't know. pointing it out, two more WCW guys. I don't know if I would characterize him as a WCW guy, though. But he was. I, I, I would agree. He's more I, of a WWF guy, but he was still there. Okay. And so we've got the opening two matches that are technically four WCW castaways that Vince Vince had already made Jake, but took Vader, took Marrow, took Austin, and made them like top of the card guys. They were in WCW for a minute, but Vince elevated them. That's true. Yeah. Um, first thing I noticed... Jake has huge lifts in his boots. Hmm. Did you notice that? What, no. I wonder what that's for. I don't know if he's trying to look taller next to Vader. I don't know if he uh, his posture was fucked because he was so out of shape and he, he 
he was appearing shorter than he was, but he had probably two and a half inch lifts in his boots. And I've never seen that on, I've seen times where you can see lifts in boots, um, especially some of the chicks who are really short. Right. Um, but I've never seen him on a dude this, this tall. I mean, they were humongous. Maybe it had something to do. Um, maybe it wasn't even a height thing. Maybe it was a support thing, but those were some crazy oh. ass boots. Interesting. Yeah. Now, now you bring up a good point. I wonder if they were there out of necessity so that he had like maybe better posture or to help with his balance. Who knows? It but might he have was to... wearing a shirt for a reason, for sure. He was definitely wearing a shirt for a reason. The same reason I wear a shirt. The same. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, maybe it had to do, maybe even his back was fucked and having the, the lifts helped. I don't know, but he had humongous. I'll send you a picture of it when I think about it, you know, okay. and screen cap it. And I sent it to you. I also put in my notes and see if you can help me with this because I wrote these like a month ago. I put close up on the snake bag. Looks like Gene Simmons. Do you know what looked like Gene Simmons? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. The, the way the maybe it looked like his tongue. The way yeah, the I don't bag know. was set up. I, okay. I, I can't explain your drunken notes, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I know. OK, well, I was just I was wondering if you noticed anything that looked like Gene Simmons. No, not at all. I guess I would be the guy to ask, but no, I didn't notice right. anything Gene Simmons related. But I did notice, now we've kind of riffed on Jake a little bit, you know, the last few minutes, but I will say there aren't many guys that are in wrestling, past or present, that throw a punch like Jake. Oh yeah, his punches were great. Spot on, one of the best in the business, if not the best. That mm -hmm. man could throw a punch like nobody else, dude. He really could, he really could. Yeah, The way he moved around was really good. You know, just yes. like, not so much his moves themselves, but just the way he moved in the ring. And he had a way of drawing the crowd into him. Like, mm -hmm. he had a charisma about him that, uh, I, I can't explain it, but the crowd loved him. But unfortunately, in this match, they didn't have a lot to cheer. No, and um, so to that point, they go straight into a wrestled immediately. Yes. And I was like, man, that, well, th to be fair, that is a long walk down that ramp of that <laughs> of that tiny of that tiny Miliwake arena. And he, he did have to carry a bag with a snake in it. So mm -hmm. to be fair, that's more wear and tear. It was probably a bag of styrofoam peanuts, but um, it was a bag of coke, dude. Who are we kidding? <laughs> well, that would weigh more. <laughs> he was exhausted. Do you know he used to keep that in the bag with the snake? <laughs> that makes sense. Who's going to check the bag with the snake in it? He would carry it for everybody. Like for all the fucking wrestlers, he would put it with coffee with the snake. So he'd go to the airport and nobody wants to, you know what I mean? You you take it through security. They're not going to take a snake out of the fucking bag. And the dogs don't smell it because it's in coffee. Damn, dude, he could have moved Coke for the Colombians back in the day. Maybe he did. Well, Billy Jack Haynes claims he did. Uh, well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. He also claimed Bill Clinton was trying to kill him or something. <laughs> Let's um, give that man an axe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Vader's fucking Jake right up, dude. He's got him in the corner. He's giving him those awesome Vader body shots. Yes. Where you see, whatever he does that, he just looks like he's going to kill somebody. Yep. Um, then what happened? Jake uh, ends up hitting a DDT. It's a short match. What's the match? Like three minutes long? Four minutes if long? If that. Yeah, like Jake kind of grabs Vader and goes to throw him into a DDT. Yeah. And then Vader kind of grabs the ref as they're going down and throws the ref. And it's a bullshit DQ finish. The match itself was like, what, four minutes maybe? Right. And, and that led me to ask, like, was Jake fucked up? Or was Jake just out of shape like Junkyard Dog at the Wrestling Classic? And they're like, there's no way this guy can go multiple matches. So let's just, like, get rid of a match and make a few of them short. Like, did they do this out of necessity or were they building the sympathetic angle for Jake? 
Well, it was a little bit of both. They were definitely building the sympathy because after it, Vader destroys Jake. He laid him out, yeah. But So, like, Vader, yeah, I, Vader did that spot to give him that breather to prep for the finals, per se? Well, I think it was that. I think Jake wasn't going more than three minutes. But right. I think it was also... Um, I think they wanted to protect Vader. I don't think I don't think they wanted to job him out to Jake. Right, and uh, they did protect. I, I think both guys were protected a little bit. Like Jake got the the sympathy from the beatdown after the match. Vader, mm-hmm. it was kind of a bullshit DQ finish, and then Vader starts throwing those Vader bombs on uh, Jake, and Jake's sitting there wishing they were Jaeger bombs. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, actually, Vader ended up coming out coming out of this looking a little better than Jake did. Jake got he the really win, did. but yeah. Vader, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, then Cornette gets in there. He tries to calm down Vader, and Vader gets fucking handsy with him. Yeah, I was like, whoa, 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 pump your brakes, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he eventually calmed down. Um, he did, Then yeah. I totally, and we mentioned this earlier today, and we were gonna... Uh, I don't know if I want to bring this up or not. Well, spoiler alert. In a future episode, we will announce that we're gonna do a shot every time there's a Tony Gurria sighting. Oh, and, Jesus. uh I forgot. I forgot that there was a Tony Gurria sighting in this match. Uh, Jake is rescued in this by Tony Gurria, and since I don't have a shot of anything, I'm gonna. Since I don't have a shot of Shotgun anything, I'm gonna, the slam, rest. I'm gonna slam the end of this beer. Oh Jesus! All right. Well, I'm not keeping up with you, dude. Screw that. Because I was, definitely will barf during this episode if I try to keep up with you. Dude, I was almost done. It was like a mid-sized sip. I'm going okay. for another one. All right. I'll let you know when I do. I'm not there yet. I'm maybe, maybe two thirds done. While he was working on that, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit. I mean, it was the a th- quick match. The only highlight was at the beginning when he uh, took the snake out to intimidate everyone. Vince says, Jake, the snake Roberts has cleared the ring with that python. Whoa, whoa, baby. Oh, he did take the snake out. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Okay, so we can confirm it was not styrofoam peanuts or cocaine. Or Gene Simmons. Uh, or Gene Simmons. <laughs> Or Gene Simmons' tongue. There could have been. Right. There could have been more in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got the final set: Jake versus Austin. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting. The Lord didn't Coming help soon. With, help Jake. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord. I, I, the Lord must have been getting a beer. I mean, it's in Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> Probably waiting. He was in, waiting Milwaukee. in line. What? They already did the second semifinal match. Dang it! <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I think. I think he was busy helping someone win a Source Award. <laughs> Oh my god. Damn. <laughs> okay. Moving on for the love okay. for the love of God. Uh, Will you stop? <laughs> we get an ex- an exclusive Coliseum home video <laughs> and you can see uh the temper tantrum that uh Jim Cornette and Vader are throwing in the back. And also uh during this Jim Cornette's necktie is Marilyn Monroe. It is. It's awesome. It's a killer it, fucking tie. It look, I mean, the way that, yeah, the face is angled, it looks really cool. But Yeah, Corny's like the modern-day fashion plate. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he should have been the manager for Billy and Chuck. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. That would have been Adam, awesome. we're going to have you thrown out of here, my friend. <laughs> Start auditioning for new hosts. I, I see how it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, after after that temper tantrum, uh, we've got uh, a match for the WWF Tag Team Titles. It is the Godwins, accompanied by Goats, versus the Smoking Guns. They're the champions entering, along with Sonny. 
Also, uh, I didn't know that Phineas was Midian. Oh. Oh, See? you didn't know that? I didn't know you that. You learn something new every day, Adam. You've yeah. seen Phineas before, though. I mean, I, ha- I I just never put two and two together. I mean, I've seen okay. I've seen Phineas and the Godwins in settings. I've seen Midian in settings. Never crossed my mind. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, you don't get to see uh, um, Godwin's dick. <laughs> what do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, that's funny. This ain't WrestleMania three with Andre in the ring. Come on, dude. <laughs> There's no dick shots in this. Yeah. I totally forgot the smoking guns even turned heel. Me too. I totally forgot that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was right before this, right? It was like because didn't they show a video? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was kind of like during their title win, and Billy I didn't even Gun. realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they hooked up with Sonny. Because they did they beat. Oh no, Billy Gunn sexually assaulted Sonny and she loved it and decided to manage them and then they turned heel. Right, right. Unlike Lord Alfred Hayes and Susan at the Wrestling Classic, uh, Sonny was actually receptive uh, to it when Billy Gunn got down with it. Right, right. It wasn't like an uncomfortable smile like Susan. Right, exactly. And did anybody else want to see the Godwins throw the goats into the crowd? Like, hey, thanks for coming out. Like like a t-shirt? No? No. no. Oh. What the fuck, okay. dude? No. Oh. I uh, just thought that would have been funny. Like, take a goat home. You know, if it makes it from the throw. I mean, don't, don't you remember from basketball, everybody got eggs and everybody got uh, something? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Actually, you know what? The Florida Panthers. Remember the rats? <laughs> yes. You know, if this show had been at Wrigley Field, they would have not have been allowed to bring their goats. Damn. Is that true? Wow. Goats are banned? Yeah. Holy hell. Why you got to do that to my Cubs? Yeah, goats Woo. are banned. No, no, no. They're they're banned. I they're know. banned from uh, Wrigley Field. I know, but still, just oh. bringing up history. Jeez. Yeah, they have an actual <laughs> rule that goats are not allowed there. Also, I forgot the Smoking Guns were three-time champions at this point. Ew. Well, that's that says a lot about the tag team division at this point. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. State of the tag team division, the Smoking Guns are three-time champs. No. Sorry, I was interrupted. Was that your wife trying to go into business for herself? Well, no, she was asking if I fed the dogs. Oh, that's that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Dude, Phineas and Sonny is 96's version of Otis and Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it was funny watching the Godwins, and I don't know why it took me so long to think of this, but <laughs> they remind me of my dad's side of my family because they're from Kentucky. So, like, my dad's – like, I've only met a few of them, actually. But uh, it was a bunch of fucking hillbillies like the Godwins. Like, I think half of them, I think, I think that dude sitting front row in the jug band might have been, might, we might be related. That could be a distant cousin. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if you hear a zipper on my side, it's not my pants, much to the dismay of Eddie. It's actually me getting another beer out of my cooler, so I am moving on to beer number two. Oh, your cooler zipped up. Oh, dude, you're only right behind me. I'm like, I'm about Fantastic to sip, two euphemism. sips into my second beer. I think it's only proper to have a cooler on hand if we're talking about Stone Cold, right? That's what I have. This really yeah. is in honor of Stone Cold. So that was a great call earlier on your part, Eddie, and I stole your idea. In Thank theory, you. Shannon should be here and toss you the next beers. I agree. She be tossing something. Yeah. I don't know about beers. Oh, oh, whoa. And there it is. Oh, I just got foam all over my microphone. Son of a bitch. Did you really? I'm not paying for that. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> this beer has quite a head on it. Um, so this is when Cloudy shows up. 
Yeah, uh, did you look up who the, Cloudy was? The pic, yeah, the picture. I did look picture. who Cloudy was, and I already forgot. I, for, I, for, <laughs> I forgot it who was Cloudy was. It was a um, a workout buddy of Candido's. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, this person's name was Jimmy Shoulders. That's right, which is a great name. It really is, dude. Yeah, a workout buddy called Jimmy Shoulders. That's great. Yeah, he should have been a tag team with Joey Abs. Right, and Gary Glutes. <laughs> Who's Gary Glutes? I don't know, but it's a good name, right? <laughs> yeah, Danny Dix. <laughs> and Bernie BBC. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. If they um, stayed around, they'd be managed by Stacy Keebler, whose theme song was Legs. So there we go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It all works. Um, oh, my God. What, what the what? fuck just happened? Where did I we don't get, like, Godwins versus Smoking Guns. Yeah. Oh, right. um, Phineas has duct tape on his wrist. Did anyone notice that besides me? Oh, no. What is that for? I, he didn't have any you know, wrist tape. Instead of wrestling tape, tape I guess. maybe that makes sense for the gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that's not um, funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They interview Cloudy during the match, and I don't know. The whole th- this whole match was actually kind of a disaster, if I could it, be honest. Yeah, I don't even have any notes on it, dude. Just like some general observations. Cloudy, like, uh, uh, go ahead. Mine is just like you could really see Billy Gunn starting to develop. As a wrestler and a yeah. character in this match. Yeah. Bart, not so much. Ooh. But you could really see Billy starting to kind of come into his own, so to speak. Yeah, totally. Um, Cloudy looks like Jane Krakowski. Really? Yeah. Go back and watch, dude. Do you know who I'm talking about, Scott? No, I don't. 30 Rock. Um, Is that the mom from Malcolm in the Middle? No. Um, she's cousin Vicky on vacation, but that's when she was young. She was on 30 Rock. Um, she was also in... Um, that Kimmy Schmidt show from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. See, I didn't watch that either. Okay, I'll send you a picture of her later. She looks like if you guys are listening to this, Google Jane Krakowski and then and then Google Cloudy. They kind of look. They kind of look the same. Okay. Um. Yeah, I didn't care about this match. I don't. I didn't, I didn't either, dude. I didn't honestly. care then. I don't care now. Yeah. Like and we're we kind were... of shitting all over it already without saying much about it, right? The no. Hi- the highlight yeah. was uh, the Godwins did an Irish rip, Irish whip reversal with a dosi dough to take down the guns. See, Adam, I disagree. To me, the highlights was Owen, Sonny, and the Stridex <laughs> and the three count, and the three count <laughs> yeah, at the end. Because that meant it was over. Yeah, yeah. my favorite part was the bell ringing at the end. <laughs> the, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's like my favorite part of a Cardi B song, when it's over. <laughs> I don't get that joke. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> or, I think I got one. From from The Office, uh, Andy's playing some instrument. Jim comes in. Do you take any requests? Yeah, please stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So after the match, we've got uh, Camp Cornette backstage. Totally forgot about Clarence Mason, who was awesome. He's only enthusiastic. Yeah, I also totally forgot that Diana was back at this point. I thought the last we'd seen of Diana was at um, SummerSlam in Wembley. Yeah, talk about another charisma vacuum. Holy shit. Well, she was nice to look at. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. Hmm. Kidding? Hmm. If you're Davy Boy, I guess. Okay. 
I, I, not me. I, she didn't do it for me at all. Right. Maybe because Sonny was on the show as well. That's that's pretty good competition. Well, that's at least true. in '96 it was. <laughs> yeah, she she just got out of prison today. Um, she, she did. Yeah. How soon till Vivid contacts her? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Vivid's not crossing her. <laughs> Vivid's not contacting her, dude. Why? I, come on. All right, I don't well, think maybe you I and think... I start a company and we reach out. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I don't think Brazzers is contacting her. Um, okay, that's enough. So we, Maybe dog so, fart. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rotten.com. Um, so we cut back to the arena, and turns out it was actually the Sega Genesis blimp. And we see that right before the next match. I I thought it said Sega Saturn. Oh, maybe it did. Uh, yeah, Saturn would have been 96 for sure. Okay, okay. Nerds. But I gr- We know. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I'll take it as a compliment. What, were you trying to call me an asshole or compliment me? I don't know. I don't know what he the goal was complimenting was. us, Adam, in his own special way. A little bit of both. Work, he loves it. Works out. Next match is Burger King. Jerry, the King Lawler, taking on one of drunk wrestling history's favorites, quote unquote, the ultimate warrior. King is awesome. So fucking awesome, dude. I think we could all agree that the best part of this match was the King's walk to the ring. The, Absolutely. That was the <laughs> highlight. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The Immediately he tells Vince to shut up. Immediate smartass. Yeah. I mean, what timing, too? <laughs> he says that the Brewers are all drunks. Is there something I don't know about that? Or is it just like it's, it's Milwaukee, it's beer, it's, and the Brewers? Yeah, it's Milwaukee. It's, okay, there Milwaukee, wasn't like a, Milwaukee and literally named Brewers. Okay, there was nobody beer. like drunk. Nobody was drunk in the dugout or something like that. It was nothing. Not in the to news. my knowledge. No. Yeah, okay. In '96, okay. I don't recall any brewer scandals with anybody being drunk. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think they were funnier than they weren't worthy of sca- or I don't recall anything being worthy of scandals. But because there was sports, I looked it up. In 1996, they finished mid-pack in the AL Central. They were still part of the American League. Uh, this is two seasons before they changed to National League. They went 80 and. Uh, what was it? 80 and 82. 82? So just under 500. Did the, the, the Detroit Tigers were the worst team by a long shot, going 53 and 109. So And who won the World Series that year, just for the record? I did not. It was look the that Yankees. Up. It was, was the Yankees. Was Sparky Anderson out. was Sparky Anderson still the manager of the Tigers at this point? I believe he was, yes. Was he really? Yeah, I think he was manager until like the early two thousands, if I'm not mistaken. He was he had to be about hundred and thirty. Approximately, yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, so Lawler just roasts the fucking crowd. He says to one kid, and it's like the, the fucking cheesiest jokes. Is that your face or did your neck throw up? Yeah. Well, and then he also starts this from the King of the Ring throne. Right. He goes up on the on the throne because he is the king. Exactly. He started it from He's there. The- and then he walks up to some chick and he goes, when you wear blue, do people try to mail letters in you? <laughs> Yeah, and then he goes to another chick and he says, or two of them, and he says, girls like you turn men into people like gold dust. <laughs> yes. That, that was like, actually killer. <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm like, man, this must be where Warrior got the idea for his uh, motivational speeches. Exactly. <laughs> Him and Lawyer. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> JR calls them the WWE's Henny Youngman. Yeah, well, that's... Which that's, really that's, dated JR. That, yeah, let's, take my wife, please. Yeah, right? <laughs> I asked my wife where she wants to go on vacation. She said, I want to go somewhere I've never been before. I said, why don't you try the kitchen? Damn. 
Eddie Youngman was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, but in 96, he was either dead or, like, not relevant anymore, and JR calls Lawler that. Yeah, I don't know how he was... Well, he was in Goodfellas. That was 1990, but, yeah, he was about as old as Sparky Anderson. So, yeah, he's probably dead in 96. Oh, right, right. Um, Lawler jumps Warrior with a scepter before the bell. <laughs> yeah, Lawler kind of turns into Abdullah the Butcher. He's, like, pulling all sorts of shit out and choking Warrior and poking him and hitting him with stuff. Oh, yeah, he's choking with his wrist tape. And it was it's another short match. This match had to be about two and a half minutes. Yeah, right? they short. did that spot where I hate, too, where a, a guy takes a pile driver and mm-hmm. stands right up. up from it. Yeah. I fucking hated that, dude. Even when Hawk did it. And I love the Road Warriors. But Hawk used to do that shit, and I'd be like, God damn it, can we just play along for a minute that a pile driver actually would kill you? Right, right. Or at yeah. least debilitate you enough to be pinned? Kick I, out on two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I even wrote that down. It was, uh, is the move really, truly ineffective, or does King really just suck? Or is Warrior running on something stronger than, adre- than adrenaline? I don't know. Yeah, it was in Jake's bag. Well, it was it was the King's finisher. That was the King's finisher. So, like, it wasn't like he sucked at that move. No, it was just Warrior was a fucking freak uh, from outer space or something. Well, it diminishes the move too, right? Like Orndorff used Mm -hmm. to use that as a finisher. So basically, everybody that he ever gave that to is way more of a piece of shit than Warrior. Like it, it it just it minimized the move, and I didn't like that when they did that. They popped right up. I hate same same way I feel about the DDT and the super kick now. Right. You know, right. Yeah. It should mean something when they hit it, and it doesn't. Yeah, so he pops up, Hulk's, move. pops up, hulks up, three clotheslines, flying tackle, pins him. Pins um, him with the knees, kneeling on him. Yeah. Kneeling on the chest. Not, he didn't beat him with his finisher, which was cool, because I was like, Lawler wasn't taking that fucking gorilla press, was he? Nope. Right? That nope. had to be a Lawler thing. He was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah, I'm not taking that move. Fuck you. I, I don't trust this fucking clown. <laughs> yeah, Triple H might go for that shit at WrestleMania 12. I'm not that guy. Yeah, right. He's not playing ball like that. Right. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Lawler was great. Warrior was warrior. That's all you could say about him. I mean, it wasn't that big of an impact. I think the nah, old- And I loved Warrior, dude. I was even at WrestleMania 12 mostly for him. But I don't have anything good to say about this match. I told Liam. I'm sorry. Also, ju- also just backtracking to the beginning of the match uh, when Lawler finishes his roast. Warrior's music hits. And then... King is surprised, like, like. <laughs> no shit, I forgot like, about him. Who, who, <laughs> who'd you expect to be coming out? But and then he also totally doesn't notice the fireworks structure behind him, per yeah. se. <laughs> yeah, he was startled by but it. Why is this warrior structure just finally uh, doing fireworks on it? How, how dare this? <laughs> Maybe his Burger King got laced with something and wasn't aware. All right, so uh, after the match, uh, we have another backstage segment. Looks like it's the same locker room with the Camp Cornette tantrum, but uh, now uh, uh, Gorilla is talking to Doc Hendricks while Jake is getting taped up. Gorilla says that uh, Jake wants to continue, so he's going to continue. And Gorilla points out that Jake's intercostal cartilage is torn. Which was great because uh, Gorilla got to mention like a body part, which he loves. He loves that. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Oh, he landed right on his external occipital protrusion. 
His occipital protuberance. <laughs> protuberance. <laughs> yeah, this time it was his intercoastal intercostal cartilage. <laughs> I think he made that up, but I wasn't gonna look it up to find out. I wonder I how care. many of those I wonder how many of those he did make up. All of them. Like he's totally working us, right? We think he's like a biologist or some shit or like a, a physical therapist. Yeah, as a kid I thought Gorilla was like the smartest man alive. Totally. Yeah. Like he fucking knows everything. <laughs> so they go to the ring and Owen thinks that at 80 or 90 years old, Jake should not get back into the ring, and he thinks it might end his career or his life, which was actually kind of a little bit grim to see Owen talking about that. Oh, yeah, yeah good point, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, kind of hit me. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, also but, but, but to bring the mood up during that, there was a sign behind them that someone had that, that said, Ahmed needs more CPR. That's exactly what I had, Yes. I didn't notice that until I watched it again today, my second time around. I didn't um, even notice that sign. Somebody had that? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of reviewing my notes and skimming the show today, and I saw that sign. Not bad before Attitude Era. That's yeah. that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, uh, before we move on, uh, drunk fact, the costal cartilages are the bars of hyaline cartilage that serve to prolong the ribs f- forward and contribute to the uh, to the elasticity of the walls of the thorax. Well, was his ribs? was the smartest man alive. Yeah, it was his ribs that were fucked up. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows his fucking Gor- body parts. See, gorillas educating the masses one drink at a time. One drink at a time. One body part at a time. That's <laughs> no, my one gimmick. body part at a time. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, that uh, that goes into our or goes to video package leading up to our next match: Mankind versus Undertaker with Paul Bearer. One of the greatest rivalries in WWF slash WWE history. Yeah, it had to be the best one of this era, right? So if you want to say this is before the Attitude Era, like pre at like nineties pre Attitude Era, this had to be the best one. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Would they? Uh, did you so, notice uh, Faith No More guy is sitting second row now? And I just noticed him during this match. Yeah, his. Uh, I heard his credit card was getting a little out of hand. It was. Yeah, he had to yeah. move a few rows back. He had a, he had a downgrade. Exactly. Well, he still did better than us at SummerSlam today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess... I don't know when we should mention that. Oh, uh, we're going to SummerSlam. Listen- oh, yeah, we should mention this every episode. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone listening to this, if you're going to be in Vegas for SummerSlam, uh, let's get fucking drunk after the show. Yeah. Our plan is to be at Mandalay Bay. I'll figure out which bar, but, you know, I mean, whatever, like the main bar in Mandalay Bay. Um, yeah, we'll be there. Come have a drink. Oh, is that where we're getting drunk after the show? It's the it's the closest casino to the stadium. Okay, perfect. Let's do that. Yeah, so then. I figure we'll just walk over there. Perfect. I don't even know where we're staying yet. We don't have a hotel yet. I don't think anybody knows. Okay, perfect. I think but, it was like, get the tickets first and then plan everything out. Yeah. Okay, got it. So we're drinking at Mandalay Bay. We're going to SummerSlam. We just don't have a room yet. Perfect. Yeah, and if we go to a strip club Friday, we'll tweet tweet you guys and tell, tell you where we're at. <laughs> like it's not going to be Spearmint Rhino. Come on, dude. You're right. Yeah. It'll be Spearmint Rhino on Friday night after 9 p.m. Or we could go to Treasures or Pleasures, whatever the whatever the, the name of the club that I went to with Beetlejuice and fucking High Pitch Eric. <laughs> Dude, as long as it's not girls, girls, girls. You no, know, we don't want to go there. Ever. They served warm Jaeger. Enough said. Yeah, but that bartender, though. Okay. Good yeah. point. Good point. I, I, I can't argue it. Fair point. They also, they also had the foggy bathroom uh, doors. That when you closed them, they fogged up so you couldn't see through. 
but like normally you could just see right through it. But when you shut the door and locked it, the fog uh, fog came up. I have that in my bathroom. Oh, you're so classy. Yeah, I mean, I fogged them up myself, but oh, understood. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want pictures, to talk about how pictures of cloudy. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Same. All right. Same. Let's get into this. Match. Mankind versus Undertaker. <laughs> so the very beginning of it, Vince is talking about Mankind's finisher, the Mandible Claw. And he mentions that one Dr. Sam Shepard invented the Mandible Claw. And he said like some time ago, I think it was the 50s. Have you ever heard of Sam Shepard? No, I have not. Sam Shepard was an actual doctor. I think he was a dentist. But I could be wrong. But I think dentist or doc- like Dr. Britt Baker. You know what I mean? Like an actual... Whatever the situation was, he was an actual doctor who became a wrestler. And his whole gimmick was he had a understanding of the human anatomy and knew that the mandible claw would fuck you right up. That's how he invented the move. Dr. Sam Shepard was later convicted of murdering his wife. Oh, fuck. Yeah, right. Which I think at some point we should do an episode about wrestlers who've killed people. And uh, well, I guess we're covering Sam Shepard right now, so we'll leave him out. Um he was convicted of murdering his wife. It was overturned by the Supreme Court because it was a really weird trial. And then he ended up getting off. He got kind of exonerated. He later married the sister-in-law of noted Nazi um, propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels. So that's who invented the mandible claw. A guy who possibly murdered his wife and married the sister-in-law of like one of the top Nazis in World Did War II. he murder her too? No, he didn't murder her, too. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. But I was, like, kind of, like, reading that about, like, the whole thing. Like, he invented that move, and he married a Nazi. I was, like, surprised the warrior didn't do the mandible claw. Hmm. Right. Missed opportunity, I guess. <sighs> yeah. Um. So, right on, early on, Mankind's fucking take her up. And really early in the match, he hits that elbow from the apron, which was fucking incredible. Yeah. Dude, this it became a hardcore match almost. It really did. Which These guys really, beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah, which was not without common exi- for this era. Without outside gear or through the majority of the match, it was brutal. Yeah, so I'm going to go through this kind of quick because we're getting kind of far into this episode. But uh, um, Taker uses a chair pretty early on in the match. And Paul has, yep. a, has the ref distracted. I was like, Taker hates Undertaker. Or, Taker hates Mankind so much that he's wrestling as a heel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. And then um, Undertaker starts punching Mankind like so fast, dude, is he looks like E-Honda. Dude, were, were those the back fists? Yeah, they were. It was, well, was kind of like a little bit yeah. of every fist. Yeah, he was fucking him right up, dude. Yeah, fucking him up. But he kind of wore himself out, I think. Yeah, he did a little bit. You're right. Yeah. Um, and then um, he uh, they go outside. Mankind hits the running knee into the, uh, into the steps. Oh, that yeah. was gnarly looking. Fucking crazy. And this is shit that you did not see. I mean, these were hardcore. This was hardcore wrestling, like Scott said. You know what the best part about this match was? They made Mankind, not only did they make him a star, mm-hmm. they made him look like Undertaker's equal in terms of brutality. Totally. They built a star right here. They had him go against one of their top guys, if not their top guy, HBK aside. And they built a star. They put a guy in the ring with Taker that could go move for move with him, be just as brutal as him. Yeah. Not only that, they set up future matches down the road for years to come with a guy that was now able to draw money because they put the time and effort into him in this match. Totally. I mean, because like, look at it later. Like two years later at King of the Ring is when we had the Hell in a Cell. 
Right. And that feud went... It started right after WrestleMania 14 and ran through um, SummerSlam of that year. Yes. You're talking now, two, two full years later, like, and it's like, welcome back. And I think this year SummerSlam, or was it 96 SummerSlam or 97 SummerSlam, they had that cage match. And if you put Mankind into this match and you have the match and you have Undertaker pinned with a tombstone pile driver, that's just another guy that you've built up to feed to Undertaker mm-hmm. and then cast him aside. They flipped the script on this one. They right. actually gave Mankind a chance. They put him over, and look what happened to him. He became a Hall of Famer. They invested in him, and it completely paid off with Mankind. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's a lot of back and forth. A lot of shenanigans go on. Uh, Mankind hits the uh, – he goes for the elbow off the apron. Taker grabs a chair. Should have been a DQ. Right. Um, he takes a chair shot to the head, which was brutal as fuck. Oof. I assume the referee was distracted. Yeah, but Paul, like, yeah, Paul Bear uh, pulled him aside. Clean shot to the head. Okay, I uh. must have missed it, because, or like the directing must have been a little bit off. I think maybe I, from the angle, because I think they went uh, like low side behind Undertaker for that epic shot, but in to the side, you can see a little bit of interference there. Yeah, so then there's like a whole uh, thing with the urn. Where I think is that where Taker tries to hit him with the tombstone, but he does he grab the urn while he's in the tombstone? Um, or am I making that up? Yeah, I think they were kind of struggling in the corner, and Paul Bearer like he accidentally hits Taker with the urn. That's what it was. Yeah, and then uh, Mankind puts on the mandible claw, and, and Taker passes out. out. Yeah, and now, the crowd was stunned. Stunned, and for years after this, I had totally forgotten. Technically, that's a submission. Yeah, it is. And there it was is. always this like whole thing that Undertaker's never submitted. And I guess okay, kinda he never submitted, but he lost to a submission hold. Right. You know, because it was right. always like Undertaker versus Cena. He'll never tap out to the, or he didn't tap out to the. Um, I'd say the submitting fuck? and being knocked out are two different things. Yeah, but how do they classify that uh, WrestleMania 13 match with Austin passing out to Brett? Was that a submission or was I that think, just... I, don't, I mean, I don't think there's a... If you look at the record books, which aren't a real thing, I don't think there's a pass out. I think there's a submission. Oh. you know, Well, like when Brutus Beefcake would put people or in the sleeper hold, you know, and he put them to sleep, they didn't tap out or submit. You're knocked they out, were put yeah. To sleep. Yeah, I, think, it's, I hmm. think it counts as a submission. So this would be Undertaker's first submission loss. His only submission loss, as far as I know, because uh, you know when they you know when they promoted that was when he wrestled Angle, because Angle wasn't trying to tap him out, and they were like oh, he's okay, never gotcha. submitted, and this and that, and I'm like, mm, he kind of did. So this would be a technicality on that, okay? Yeah. Yep. And there you go, and that's and that's some drunk wrestling history for you right there. <laughs> also, real quick, in the middle of throughout that entire match, mixed squeals sounded eerie. During that entire thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, KO victory. Debate whether it's submission or not. But uh, that's how it ended. Uh, He's going after Paul Bearer. And then, uh, just like how I said, Edge during the 05 Rumble. Undertaker's walking out like spaghetti. (laughs) He's trying to go go after them. But now this yeah. wasn't like a WrestleMania 30 crowd after Taker lost, but they were pretty fucking stunned. Yeah, yeah. that, yeah, totally. There, and a star is born. And okay, moving on, Adam. We've got 
the Intercontinental title match between Goldust with Marlena. He is the champion entering, taking on our good friend, Ahmed Johnson. And Go ahead, Scott. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I can see you ready to say something. Yeah, before this match is shown, they show the lead up to it where Goldust is giving Ahmed mouth to mouth resuscitation. Lucky. Which I know, I loved it because it took it from a Shattered Dreams production to a dog fart production. <laughs> oh, God. I finally, I find you highly disgusting. <laughs> you love it. You love I it. I do. I do. I do. Thank I you. love how when Ahmed gets introduced, he like bursts through the fucking doors knocks and like the dudes that were holding the doors like fly out knocks of the way. Knocks him down. Yeah, he like destroys the Miliwake local talent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's fucking Hercules bursting through the fucking doors. Yeah, totally. That was great. He fucked those guys up. Yeah. Ahmed also needs more shit on his body like fucking Ryback. What's with all the fucking arm pads and knee pads and shit? What the fuck is that all about? Oh, yeah. He looks like he's been like... uh. He looks like the guy in the one video, like how he's all wrapped up in bandages. Cyborg-like. No, but, no, but it's, it's all like necessary. arm pads and shit. <laughs> yeah. If he puts um, more armbands on, it'll make that punch stronger. So he jumps Goldust right away, hits him with one of those crazy Ahmed Johnson clotheslines, and Goldust is a flip. Goldust uh, rolls out. Did you notice when he was punching Goldust, though, what happened? It looked like the Dark Order punching Dustin Runnels. No. Oh, God damn it. I got to go back and watch it again. Ahmed was punching the mat, dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, that's why I'm like, okay, maybe we don't blame the Dark Order guy. This has to be a Dustin Runnels thing. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Apparently, he has an unpunchable head. <laughs> he's got to punch the mat. You can't punch his head. Yeah, he's got like a force field around his head. Exactly. Exactly. But go, <laughs> but go ahead. You're getting to the good part. Um. So my favorite part of the entire show is Ahmed goes for a suicide dive. <laughs> And it literally almost was. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he misses. And he lands <laughs> on his back somehow. I don't know how he didn't land on his head. Like, he did, like, a full flip. Like, and it wasn't... I watched it, like, five or six times. It was not Goldust's fault. Ahmed just missed him. Yeah. Like, that would be like diving into a pool and landing on the on the concrete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How, do you, how do you miss Goldust? He's right I, there. I was going to say that God you, intervened and saved Ahmed's life, but I think it was really DDP who somehow intervened and saved Ahmed from landing headfirst on the stairs. <laughs> How do you miss a big gold target like that? <laughs> Fucking you, right, yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome, Again, dude. In Milwaukee, probably still in line getting a beer after that last <laughs> after that last match. It's like I uh, Ahmed Johnson's coming out. I, I think I could use a breather. <laughs> well, the breather came 5 minutes into the match when they had a rest hold. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ahmed blew himself up, running to the ring, punching the mat, and doing a suicide dive that literally almost was. Yeah. Also, uh, I think somewhere in the middle of the match, referring to Ahmed, Vince goes, "There's no quitting this man, Owen. There's no brains either." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Owen. Um, I love it. He's on fire just, the whole night. <laughs> there's a spot where uh, Goldust is in the corner, and Ahmed does like a dive at him, like a you know, like a. Um, what do you call it? Like a, it was like a stinger splash or something. Yeah, stinger splash, yeah. And he goes over the top rope, and he falls in slow motion. <laughs> he was like the Beastie Boys in the So What You Want video. Ah. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, it took him about 11 seconds to fall from the top rope to the floor. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That was only, great. Only Ahmed could fall that slowly. <laughs> Maybe Junkyard Dog could have. We don't know. 
a baby dog, yeah. He'd <laughs> be like, oh, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. <laughs> the Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who won the match? I forgot who even won the match. Ahmed, Ahmed Johnson won the title. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so pretty much at, at some point, uh, he's out. Goldust gives him CPR again. During this CPR segment, like the way that he has his arm over over his chest so that he could properly give him CPR, why didn't the referee count? They're, right, they're usually right, on top right. of that. Solid point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Solid but point. CPR, he wakes up and starts choking him, goes off and uh get yeah. Gets yeah. gets the pinfall. Yeah. I kinda Did got ahead notice? of my um, go ahead. I sort of got ahead of myself because um Goldust pinned Ahmed earlier, and he did, like, that Velveteen Dream pin. <laughs> did you catch that? And it was, yeah. like, and I was, like, man, this is, Velveteen Dream would appreciate this pin, but Ahmed's too old for him. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Oh, man. Did you notice at one point, too, Ahmed went to do a drop kick, but it looked more like out of Mortal Kombat with Luke Hang? <laughs> and he fucking bricked on it and it was awesome yeah i did see that that was and i want to cool. just i also want to say i was a huge ahmed johnson fan back in the day like i really loved were. ahmed like i i did like i loved ahmed johnson but i go back and watch his matches now and i'm like oh man this motherfucker <laughs> this really doesn't stand up no not at all not at all but in 96 yeah i fucking love that guy yeah I loved after the match, Owen says the only reason he won is because Goldust gave him CPR. Right, right. <laughs> As Adam said, Owen was on fire this whole he night. He really dude. was, man. They should have just yeah. made him a commentator at this point. Yeah, kicked out Vince and JR. Fucking just let Owen run it. <laughs> yeah, by himself. And, uh, but also, I mean, I did have that in my notes, but just to counter that, if Goldust really did want to retain as champion, he wouldn't have given his opponent a lifeline. All, all I'm saying. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And did you notice at the after party they show up backstage? Another Coliseum Bush- uh, home video mm-hmm. exclusive clip. The Bushwhackers. Yep. Oh yeah. What the fuck? They were they around were still in '96. Yeah. What? That's right. I, I didn't even write that down. I totally forgot. Dude, I, I thought the Bushwhackers had been long gone at this point. But here Me they too. are celebrating backstage with Ahmed. Like, did so they, they fly like them a- in for this? So they have like a nine-year run. Dude. I, I mean, you talk about Vince making stars. Look mm-hmm. no further than the Bushwhackers. Totally. Totally. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe when they were back there. I'm like, wait a second. This is 1996. Like, these guys were done four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was crazy. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Um, During that backstage part, HBK comes in and hugs him. And I was like, man, they had fucking plans for Ahmed. They really That's did. A push. They that, really did. That, that reminded me of when Andre came in and poured the champagne over Hogan when Hogan won the title. That was the rub, right? Yeah, same kind of thing, right? Like Andre endorsed you. Yep. HBK endorsed Ahmed. Yep. And uh, what a disaster he would become. I'm, I'm also figuring. <laughs> they may as well have Warrior to endorse him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also figuring it wasn't champagne they were doing it. It also. It didn't even look like beer they were uh, showering with. I think it was seltzer water. I think we were just trying to avoid any alcohol product not to uh, not to injure his eyes. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. they, they didn't want to have a Ricky Steamboat situation with the, with the champagne in the eyes. <laughs> it was the urine from the- Jake's piss test. <laughs> oh. 
The, well, that would have plenty of alcohol. One, I remember that in video. <laughs> Fuck you right up. <laughs> oh man. Or maybe he was a ba- he was about to get injured, and luckily HBK uh, hugged him to save him. I don't know. Uh, you drink Jake's piss test. That's going to get you way more drunk than these uh, broken skull IPAs are. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm about to slam. I'm about to finish my second one, dude. I'm like halfway through my second one. You're totally beating me on this. I'm a real man's man. <laughs> you really are, dude. You should I'm be so man. proud. I don't know how to. I don't know that song. <laughs> All right. After that, we have uh, cut back to the arena. Brian Pillman is coming out in crutches and wearing a boot. He's stupidly unstable, and. Uh, he interviews with uh, Jr. His voice didn't even sound threatening. That was just me. So it I was tw- raspy, right? Yeah, or ra- yeah. raspy. I mean, I, I could understand raspy, but just the way it was coming out, it just wasn't threatening. It's like I. It's like his way of being unstable. It felt like if a beginner improviser was instructed to act drunk. That's how. That's what I thought what was happening. So, Adam, for the record, like, you didn't watch wrestling in the, the mid-90s, right? I, you're, you're a fan now going back and watching from 96, correct? Right. Okay. Well, that's actually really good to know because I viewed Pillman, uh, Pillman as, like, a huge threat coming in. That he really Because I had watched okay. him in WCW. So it's okay. cool to see somebody that watches current day that goes back and watches it and they're like, oh, that looks kind of fake to me. That's actually really cool to find out. Okay. No, no that's cool. I mean, just... Different uh, types of uh, emphasis and production elements. It could, oh, totally. And uh, just with technology evolving since then, and uh, learning about atmospheres between then and now. I mean, it's very possible. That's just what I was introduced to. You were introduced to him in that way. That's cool. Well, yeah, and watching Pillman proceed over the years to this point in '96, like that was believable to me because he was like increasingly becoming unsteady, like unstable. But you, as a current day fan, go back and go back and watch that in '96, and you're just like, "Oh, that looks kind of fake." Like what he did didn't land to a current day fan. But if you were growing up watching Pillman's procession into WWF, like that was real deal. Okay. So that's kind of cool to hear those two different sides. And we are here to educate the masses, one drink at a time. Absolutely, yeah. One drink Absolutely. at a time. Yeah, one drink at a time. Even the host sometimes. What am I saying? So a lot of times. So- <laughs> <laughs> so apart from the pre-show, this is the first time we'd seen Pillman yes. in WWE. Yes. I totally forgot about this. Completely forgot about it. And in his promo, he said he's going to rape, pillage, and plunder the WWF. And I was like, man, the Austin 316 thing was not the first time someone said something really crazy. Yeah, he also made a Jeffrey Dahmer joke. Yes, he oh, did. did he? Yes, he did. Do you yeah, remember he, it? Can you uh, tell me? N- I don't remember what it was. Come on, dude, he was going to eat favorite... through the town or something like that. Or eat through the competition like Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that. It was a Jeffrey Dahmer joke that he cut. And I'm like, that's a good joke. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, like you could see the seeds of the Attitude Era being planted between Sable and then later on with Stone Cold. But specifically here with Pillman, like this really was the kickoff to the Attitude Era, if you ask me. Yeah, I, cannibalism jokes are my favorite genre of jokes. So, right. I'm going to go back and watch that. Right. But, um, yeah, so we passed Austin on the way to the ring, and he's like, dude, go out there and win it. And it was so And, and that was cool. a big deal. For it the, totally For was. those of us that, like, grew up watching the Hollywood Blondes and mm-hmm. watching their history in WCW, like, that was a big moment for us. We're like, oh, shit, they finally, like, they touched, you know? Well, I didn't even 
I knew about them at WCW, but I didn't watch them. But even okay. just kind of knowing about them being a, a big deal tag team, yeah. this was a big deal. Like at the time, I was like, whoa, you know? Yeah, I even have that in my notes. Like, this is kind of the first time the Hollywood Blondes have been in contact. So that mm-hmm. was amazing to see when it happened. Totally. So let's get into the match. This is the King of the Ring finals between Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, entering, uh, so, so Stone Cold had 16 stitches in his mouth, and uh, Jake has his ribs taped up. And he's 41, which is the equivalent or, of, or, of having... Or 51, uh, probably pushing six, 51, pushing being, 61. Yeah. Being 41 is the equivalent <laughs> of having 15 stitches in your mouth. <laughs> right, right. But Jake's dragging the fucking snake. He's, like, he's worried. Not out. even he caring. He yeah, even, exactly. He he's can't not... lift the motherfucker over his shoulder. <laughs> he may have had a wheelbarrow, dude. Yeah. So he gets in the ring and Stone Cold attacks him immediately. And I was like, what a motherfucker. And he just starts beating on him. He's not doing moves. He's just beating him. Just like a t- punching. A immediate him. attack of the ribs. Yeah, he rips starts tearing the tape the off. He rips the tape off. And then uh, Gorilla waddles to the ring to check on him. Pa- pauses and, the match. Oh, yeah. Owen, and then, I mean, Owen is complaining. Ah, he's trying to squeeze in a breather. Okay, I could kind of side with that. It's like uh, when when LeBron starts uh, when LeBron starts uh, complaining <laughs> about a call when uh, the Cavs or Lakers <laughs> are out of timeouts. That's the way of getting the team a breather. <laughs> Sports. 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 Um. So he, uh, <laughs> Jake makes a quick comeback. He goes for a DDT, but J- uh, Stone Cold drives him into the corner. Yep. And he's like, and it, that's working the ribs. Yep. So he fucks him up even more there. And uh, he just, right after that, he hits him with a couple elbows and a stunner, and that's it. it yeah, there was like almost like no build to it. It just kind of happened. Yeah, it's another like two. So Jake wrestled a total of probably, what do you think, six minutes? Six or seven minutes, maybe, yeah. Good for him. <laughs> but, and that, then Vader, he wrestled maybe five, right? Yeah. And then right. in this match, it was like three or four, if you rule out the, the gorilla interceding in the match. Right. So, again, I've got to ask, was Jake fucked up? Or was he so out of shape that they had to give him the short-form matches? He was 41, dude. <laughs> okay, dude, look. I'm 47, <laughs> and I could probably go longer in the King of the Ring than Jake did. I don't yeah, know about true. after a few of these these broken skulls, but <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, I gotta ask. Like he was wearing the shirt for a reason. He was clearly out of shape. Yeah. Like, did they know what they had to work with here? And they're like, God damn it, we pushed you to this point. We can't put you through any long form matches. Like, we just got to put you in two or three minute matches. Right, right. I can go longer after Jake after these three beers. Um, you know, you find that sweet spot sometimes where you're like a little bit numb. Yeah, and then you kind of get your second wind, right? Right, 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 right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, But um, I kind of was like going into it. I knew who won. And I was like, how good is beating an old guy? Which, okay, we keep joking about him being 41, but he's being portrayed as like an old, like an elderly person. Right. He's 41, but okay, how good does it make a guy look to beat someone like that? It didn't make him look good. It made him look like a fucking asshole. That was you're, the point. You know, you're talking I, about Stone Cold. 
Stone yeah. Cold. When I got to the end yeah. of it, I was like, he doesn't look tough. He looks like a fucking piece of shit. Like a complete dick. Yeah, like an Just, asshole. Like he did what he had to do to win. It, it wasn't he really wrestle him down. It was like, attack the ribs, weaken the entire body, hit a stunner. It wasn't yeah. really a match, per se. I think we're just ever we're just clouded by the after effects and results of the match, but but yeah, it it wasn't really that worthy of an opponent. No, but this is a great example of how to tell a story in two and a half to three minutes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they you know had the I mean? whole sympathetic angle with Jake. Mm -hmm. He's injured, but look, Stone Cold was injured too. He had a busted up mouth. Yeah, yeah. Granted, it's not as bad as broken ribs, but he walked in with an injury as well. He just fucked Jake up. Right. And not even Gorilla Monsoon could help him. No, even the great Gorilla Monsoon with his uh, knowledge of the human anatomy right. was of no use to him. But now is when the fun starts. So after this, we get to what's possibly the most important promo in history. And Agree. we will get to that in a second. But we get Doc Hendricks up on the King of the Ring podium who announces him at by saying, all right, ladies and gentlemen, the fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. Well, the first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring. Get him out of that WWF, because I proved, son, that a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there, and you thump your Bible, and you say your prayers, and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says, I just whipped your ass. All right. <laughs> uh, come on, that's not necessary. Uh, all he's got to do is buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As King of the Ring, I'm serving notice to everyone the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn who they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list. And I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is concerned, son, I don't give a damn if it's David Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin time has come. And when I get that shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Look. Oops. Oh, wrong, wrong sound effect. Wrong sound effect. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't have the cheering crowd. Sorry. You're horrible at this, anti-Fred. Impressive, Adam. Very fucking impressive. Yeah, years of what? Well done, sir. Years of watching this. I mean, you watch for enjoyment. I'm like, hmm, that could work in a bit somewhere. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I, so this yeah. this is the one, right? This is the most this important is, promo of all this time, is right? The speech, this is the speech that started it. Also, not yeah, just this, not just speech-wise, the atmosphere. He walks up to that podium, does not touch the crown, does not touch the robe, doesn't touch the scepter or sit in the throne. He just acknowledges, I'm king of the ring. That's it, everyone. You're on notice. Yep. It was, was fucking... Guy. It was fucking badass. And it nobody, was. Nobody who saw this 
at that time will ever forget it. It was incredible. He, yeah, he and changed it, the mood. He totally did it. It wasn't just because he said ass, which we've established like already. Warrior said ass in the uh, pre-show thing. Yeah, Pillman made and a Dahmer Pil- joke. And said rape. And said rape. It was the attitude. It was what he said and how he said it. And he said he son. Were, he said son. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, this guy is the next big fucking thing. Like, this oh. is crazy. Also, I want to point out, he was the first guy putting people on a list. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. That's Stone Cold's list. That's Stone Cold's list. So Nothing he said, Jericho. So I heard him, I think it was on his podcast, he said that he asked Michael Hayes. He was gone. He went to get his dish up. He asked Michael Hayes what Jake said in his promo. Jake said some uh, Bible shit. And Stone Cold was like, okay, fine. Then I'll come up with some Bible shit. And that's where he came up with the the Psalms and your 316. Yeah. And it came from that. He wouldn't have come up with that. And that was the biggest t-shirt of all time. Maybe besides the NWO. I don't know. I'd have to look. But definitely the biggest talking, WWE t-shirt You're talking of all time. top three. I would still say sales are probably still through the roof even today. I still have an Austin 316 shirt in my closet now. Like I have one that I bought like five years ago because my last two got worn out. You know, look, you talk about iconic T-shirts. You're talking three Hulkamania. Yeah. NWO, Austin 316. That's it. And that's all. Exactly. And that promo made him a lot of fucking money because yes, of that, because they made that shirt. And yep. I, I do. I still remember to this day. I bought that. Remember back in the day how you would have to like mail a check. Like you'd get the, <laughs> you'd yes. get the catalog out of the magazine. You'd mail a check and it'd be like, yep. please allow six to eight weeks for delivery after your check is cleared. Yeah. And it'd be like four weeks for your check to clear. Like three months later, you're getting the fucking shirt that you forgot you ordered. <laughs> yeah. When you should have just waited for a house show and you could have just gone and fucking bought it from the merch stand. Totally. But this was before I was even going to shows. Yeah. Because um, I just, I don't know. I didn't really, I don't know. Like I didn't have money or whatever the fuck. But not long after this, when that shirt first came out, I ordered it through the catalog and... 10 to 12 weeks later, it showed up, and I wore that fucking thing probably twice a week. Yeah, I can't wear mine anymore because it's got holes in it because I wore it so fucking much and washed it so fucking much. Like, it just started to disintegrate. But that's the beauty of the shirt. Totally. Carrie King used to wear one of those shirts on stage with uh, Carrie King from Slayer. He would wear Stone Cold shirts on stage, and he wore the Austin 316 shirt. Like, that's how fucking big it was. It was insane. So, like, I got to say, like, you talk about the biggest promos of all time. Okay, it's the Hard Times promo, right? Which I don't think was that big of a deal until, like, YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah, later on it became a big deal. This was a big deal right when it, it was resonated right then and there. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and, you got, and you got Punk's Pipe Bomb promo. Right. But that didn't really change the, the direction of the company. That elevated his career and changed his career trajectory, but didn't change the business. Right. Yeah. It, pre- so, okay, it pretty much personified the character of I'm going to do things my way and I'll even be rebellious to authority. Like, I'll, uh, I guess we wouldn't see that Austin versus McMahon versus or ownership rivalry uh, for X amount of time, but you could definitely see it started here. Also, just with not, not, touching or accepting any of the king of the ring prizes it's just his other way of showing he's going to 
be different. He's going to stand out from the rest. It's just like in another sports analogy, just like in the NHL. If you win the Clarence Campbell Bowl or Prince of Wales trophy during the ceremony, you do not touch that shit because you want to win yep. the Stanley Good Cup. Good point. Good yeah. point, dude. I didn't even think about that. It's a solid point. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have so bigger things in mind. So would you call this the mind. biggest moment in WWE history? No. Biggest moment in WWE history? Um, it's up there. I, you know what? I don't want to say because I think that's another episode, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm going to say it's definitely up there. Like the birth of Hulkamania, you could argue. But who was a bigger star, Stone Cold or Hulk Hogan? You know, did Hulkamania make more money than Austin 316? I don't know. But if Austin 316 made more money than Hulkamania for Vince, you've got to say this is, if not the biggest, the second biggest moment in WWF history. I don't know if, I don't know if there's even a way to look that up, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's up there for sure. Like, this but, um, really, like, kicked off a movement and an totally. era in WWE history. Totally. Yeah. Okay, let's... Um, Let's hold on to that. Let's put some beans on that, and we'll do a future episode about the biggest moment in WWE history. Okay. This is definitely a contender. I'm not tossing it out at all. Yeah. Okay, we're way far into this. This is going so long. Um, Well, what's bad is something had to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a championship match that was not part of the namesake of the pay-per-view, but... Still, it is a WWF title match. Uh, It's between Shawn Michaels, accompanied by Jose Lothario, taking on British Bulldog, accompanied by Diana and Jim Cornette. Also, Mr. Perfect is the special guest referee. And if anyone could follow that promo, it's definitely Diana Hart. Miss Charisma herself. <laughs> you talk uh, about first... your charisma walking down to the ring. No, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, first thing I noticed, HBK is in black and blue, which you didn't see him in those colors very often. He did not wear that very often. That is no, correct. No, it's very rare. Um, there's a girl screaming at ringside when he comes out, and oy vey, the voice on her. Is that because Lawler's behind her groping her? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Safe to assume. Could be, uh, yeah. Looking for a future wife? Yeah, it would have to be Lawler, because this is probably before Velveteen Dream was uh, born. Well before, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Velveteen Dream was doing that shit in the 2000s, dude. Yeah. So, Gorilla comes out and he makes Mr. Perfect the outside referee. Right. Why did he make him the referee in the first place if he didn't trust him? Yeah, he immediately comes in and sends him to the outside. Okay, come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, come just share, yeah. sharing a locker room with Camp Cornette. Ah, I don't know, pe- yeah. penalizing him for that, quote-unquote. Right. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Owen calls Jose Lothario a dirty old Mexican. Oh, oh boy, Owen. Which, oh, which, oh, God, why? Which, as a dirty old Mexican, I'm very offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said speaking as a dirty old Mexican. Yeah, well, yes, that's the, he described me fairly well. <laughs> You're only 42, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're not that old. <laughs> Just a shade older than Jake at this card. That's true. Yeah. So they toss um, Mr. Perfect. It's a whole big fucking thing. Um, Davey gets a, uh, a Union Jack, a British flag, right? And he flies that thing and he gets booed. And I'm like, 
well, the UK is like our closest ally. <laughs> Why yeah. Are we like, if there's a if there's a flag we should cheer, it's that one. Milwaukee doesn't know history like that. Come on, dude. I get, I don't know what goes on in Milwaukee. Well, I, I just it, know they're I just know it, they're all drunk. If it's not the American flag, that shit's getting booed, son. Yeah. Uh, did, Jerry Lawler. Did, did he think that was gonna correct things? You throw Mr. Perfect out. Oh, I'm so mad. Let me get the Union Jack. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Let's also mention that gold dust's glitter is still every fucking where. Dude, I forgot to mention that. It's it's everywhere. It looks like they're wrestling in a strip club. <laughs> yeah, it was like fucking gold dust bukkake all over the ring, dude. It was everywhere. It's a weird way to describe it, but okay. So, I, it was so in other words, I should have announced the match like, and now we got a WWF championship match between HBK and <laughs> British Bulldog. <laughs> So I kind of paused it right before the match started. Um, I had to get up to pee or get a beer or whatever. And it was 50 minutes left on the show. And I was like, how is there 50 minutes left? This is not a 50-minute match. I forgot about... All the shenanigans. I forgot how much... Yeah. Yeah, all this Michigas. I f- totally yeah. forgot about all of it. Yeah. Post-match shenanigans for sure. Yeah. So right away, Perfect's outside commiserating with Corey, <laughs> which is great. Like, you're like, oh, man, they're totally going to fuck Sean. Yeah, they're in cahoots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of as soon as the match starts, Sean gets tossed, tossed into the ropes, does the skin, the cat, the leg scissors. And then he, he did like a Frankenstein or off the apron. It was fucking amazing. Dude. Great upper yeah. body strength and just, just awareness everywhere. Yeah. How great was that? And then Corny comes over there to get involved. HPK takes his racket away, his tennis racket, and he spanks him with it. Good and wind the crowd up. is on the crowd is on fire, and I was like, this is fucking old school wrestling where you abuse the yeah. manager. Yeah, and so like this would be like in the 80s when they take a manager's pants off. <laughs> yeah. Right, like Jimmy Hart's pants would be taken off. off. Right. But right. like butt humor, spanking, all that all that stuff. But still, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, so during it they sh- they show uh, Diana and Owen. <laughs> it was a great a great quote from Owen. Adam, do you know what he's gonna say? Oh, uh I don't. Oh, okay. You were laughing at something. Probably. Um, Owen says, most of my family is beautiful. There are a couple ugly ones. One of my brothers is real ugly. Because <laughs> Brett was on hiatus, right? No, no. I think he was talking about Ross. Uh, not Bruce. You've seen Ross. You've seen Ross. <laughs> Shit. Dude, um, how great was that spot when HBK gets back in? And Bulldog does that press slam into a dump over the top rope. Dude, didn't HBK go up like a, like a pound of feathers? Dude, he did. Like, I was, I watched it and I was like, I could lift HBK like that. He went up so easily. Well, it was HBK. He was so fucking good at what he did. But did you hear what Vince said? That should be a DQ. Oh, did Jim Hurd start working for the fucking company now? <laughs> That's what I was yeah, wondering, right, too. Right. I've only known about that rule since we recorded Halloween Havoc. I didn't know that no, was but a that's thing, not, but I guess it was a call. Halloween Havoc? <laughs> no one's going to get that joke because they haven't heard that episode yet. You'll oh, hear sorry. that. You'll hear the Swalloween Havoc episode, uh, the Swalloween joke on uh, episode 69. No, just put a slide in the <laughs> shit, dude. They won't hear a fucking thing. <laughs> um, they keep talking about how quick HBK is, but Bulldog is like nearly as quick. All right. Well, let me pause you right there. When Go you ahead. say British Bulldog, yes, you either think a the tag team, the British Bulldogs, or Davy Boy himself. Yeah, the man himself, Davy Boy. I don't think Davy Boy is given enough credit for how much he carried the WWF champions mm-hmm. during his run. He had amazing feuds and matches with Brett, 
Yes. Amazing feud and matches with HBK. That dude could fucking go in the ring. And, like, this is an easy match to overlook because of the whole Austin deal we just discussed. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, Davey Boy fucking held his own in that title match. Davey Boy was incredible. How strong was he? he, he great aerials remember, as well. Remember when they brought Saturday Night's main event back um, after so many years? It was Brett versus... Or was that when they brought it back? It was Brett versus HBK. They had a killer match on there. I mean, Brett versus... How drunk are you, dude? Dude, I'm like... I have like Keep quarter, it together. Dude, I have like a quarter of my last beer left. I'm so drunk. Wait, um, you won number three already? Oh, dude, I'm almost done with number three. Is that number two or number three? No, this is number three. Adam, uh, do we have... As far as, uh, as, look, as I'm look, aware look. Of, from what I recall earlier, Here, it was... Look. Yeah, he's on three. I think he One. pointed it out, too. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I, sp- I spilled it on the fucking recorder. Hang on. I spilled one on my microphone, so whatever. <laughs> hang on. Um, hang on. I got to get a towel. You guys uh, try, talk amongst try yourselves. To, Are you serious? Try to carry the show. I'll be right back, dude. Look at this fucking guy. He and, takes off his headphones and walks away and from the microphone. And shows us some uh, ass crack. What the? Well, to be fair, Adam, every time Eddie gets up, you're going to see a little ass crack. Yeah. It happens. I, honestly, I think he's proud of it. Like, the man should have been a plumber. Who? Who? Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> All right. Just like his dad. Oh, he doesn't realize it yet. <laughs> He'll find no, I it have later. no idea. I have no. I missed something. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, you didn't. I also yeah. have a feeling that earlier when Adam did the Stone Cold impersonation, that's what you guys had planned for this episode without telling me. It was. Yeah. Thank Busted. you for that. Okay. It, anyway, it, no, it was a pleasant surprise. Let me just say. But we were talking about how great Bulldog was. Anyway, those are the two empties. Okay, so you okay. have knocked off but, two. Okay. Wait, hold on. Can you on hold those two. up really quick? Shit. Are you going to grab I, a screenshot? Yeah. No, no. I fucked up, though. I crushed Never the, mind. the one that's not empty. All good. Okay. All right. Let's, let's get back into the match. Um, I don't know where. Uh, Owen called uh, Yoko a fat slob. <laughs> and he was tag team champion with the guy. That's fucking yeah. savage, dude. I think it's just Yoko turned face. Also, he died for being fat. So, like... <laughs> At the but time, he wasn't it was dead yet in '96, so that no, wasn't mean yet. No, at the time it was funny, but like looking back on it, it was like, damn. Well, yeah, yeah, a little mm. mean, but in '96 it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, given the state of the WWF at that point, it was okay. Dude, British Bulldog did a surfboard. Yeah, yeah. You don't even see those anymore. No, uh, Natty did one for a while, but I haven't seen her do it in a few years. Bulldog also tried a top rope headbutt. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what he tried? Because I couldn't tell what he was the trying one, to do. It was the just, one it was where sort he of slipped? a mess. Uh, look, say what you will about Percent. it. At least he didn't fail as bad as Brock did. Well, oh, nobody oh, could do that. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I don't know, dude. I'd like to see some people try. <laughs> don't name names. No, 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 I won't. I won't. I just want to see Brock do it again. That's the only name I'm mentioning. <laughs> Um, they get on the top rope. They go for a belly, uh, belly to back. HPK reverses it, and you end up with a double down. And I was like, these guys are working their fucking asses off, man. Dude, I was so impressed. And look, it was less to do with HPK, and maybe that's because I take HPK's matches for granted at this point. Like they're always maybe, yeah. fucking good. Like especially when he's headlining. Right. But 
I don't know that enough credit is given to the British Bulldog, which with how good he was, that he could go in there with your champion, give mm-hmm. him a 15 to 20 minute match, and look like a million bucks and make your champion look good at the same time. Like, he was so fucking good. Like, he had an amazing tag team run, but he also had an amazing singles run. And I don't know that he's given enough credit for that. I think you're right. I think he's remembered more as a tag team wrestler, but like uh, by a lot of people, I remember him more as a singles wrestler. And a lot of it is because of his matches with, well, all of it is because of his matches with Brett and Sean. Right. So I'm going to put him up there with one of the best ever that never held a heavyweight championship in the WWF. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's a good call. Like, yeah, if I'd thought about it at the time, he would have been on that episode we did. Right. Same here. And now I've gone back and watched this match. I'm like, fuck, he was amazing in the ring, dude. Like he could make your champion look like a million bucks. So I regret leaving him off my list. Yeah. Shame on me. I agree. Okay, uh, I'm going to let you call the rest of the match. Uh, that HBK won it with a sweet chin music? There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was also, succinct. That, so that final count, little, I wouldn't say controversial, because at least the main referee made the count, but it was weird that Perfect tried to pause the count really quick so he could join in. And so they both get to two. Owen pulls uh, Perfect out, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Earl completes the count, uh, declares uh, Sean the winner, and Owen goes off. Uh, Pretty much he incites the brawl that would would continue after the match uh, all on, uh, on HBK. It's... Like right, they he it he kind of holds them off for a minute, but then they start fucking him up, and then Ahmed makes the save, yeah. which is again going back to he got Ahmed that rub in the rub, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, then Vader comes who out. Else? Vader runs, <laughs> yeah. Vader runs and kills Ahmed, mm-hmm. and then Cordy takes out Jose Lothario. That was great. Vader goes up to the top rope. He takes fucking forever. Um. And I think Warrior Warrior came Warrior's out, but I think he one. missed his cue, right? Did he miss it his cue? It felt like it took forever for him to come out. They had to stall for him, but the crowd he, was hella chanting for him, dude. Like, yeah, they already he, could see where this was going. He must have been in the back either ranting about his comic book or Hurricane <laughs> Victims or some <laughs> shit like that. Right. Um, he pushes Vader off the top. Vader landed on his shoulder, which did not look good. No. And then Warrior clears the ring. And Vince is on fire to the point where you cannot even understand what he's talking about. Well, I think Vince is so excited because Ahmed's trunks were pulled way up his fucking ass crack, dude. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so I think Vince is like flagrantly masturbating at ringside, like just <laughs> ranting about Ahmed. He probably was because he mentioned that JR had left to go backstage. So Vince was out there alone. Right, so JR had already finished. Yeah, well, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. I thought JR went back to the back because he had to pee, but you might be right. He went back to the back to clean up. Right, he had to clean up, right, because Vince probably was, like, finishing on him earlier during the Warrior match. What a gross podcast. Jarrah was a mess, dude. <laughs> so Jarrah interviews the heels backstage, and they set up a six-man tag at International Incident. Right. And I was like, dude, we've got to review that show. Yeah, but that's a good cliffhanger for this one, right? I think so. I think, um, yeah. well, next recording, we're not going to do a pay-per-view, but the one after that, I think this is the pay-per-view we should do. Um, I've got to see HBK, HBK carry Warrior and Ahmed. 
<laughs> oh, well, uh... <laughs> Hercules, Hercules! <laughs> also, it was weird because it was just like suddenly they announced the match. Like, it was like Vince so I act- booked the match for the announce desk. I- it's like, it's happening! I have a note about that announcement, but since you say you want to do that pay-per-view, I'll just keep it to myself. Oh, yeah, All that's right. a good teaser for the next one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Corny said Earl is probably a wino they picked up at the local Fall and Crawl Tavern. Oh, is that where he sold the uh, bootleg shirts? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Virgil sets his table up outside. Gotcha. Okay. And then JR asks Corny if he has any final remarks. He says, yeah, you've got the biggest jowls I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) JR says, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then Corny Corny tells him Vader would eat you alive if he wasn't on a low-fat diet. And I'm calling bullshit on that low-fat diet. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Cornette. Yeah, yeah. And JR. The two of them together were great. So, hey, dude, let's do a final count here. I've got two beers. Done. Uh, I did not make it to three like you did. Here's my two. Adam, if you'd like to snap a picture. Here's my two. Doing it right now. Hold on. Eddie's got his... Wait, hold on a second. What? One more? You're getting behind the scenes shit, everybody. There you go. So I've got a, about an eighth of my last beer left, and I'm going to slam it right now. And uh, we got two more episodes to record tonight. This going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. This, so I'm going to finish my last fun. two Broken Skulls over the next two episodes. This will be a blasty blast, as Adam so eloquently put on one of our last shows. A blasty blast. It's like, it's like a blast, but with extra blasty. Extra blasty. Yes. Here's how you know it's empty. He oh. just did that on his head, ladies and gentlemen. No, I did it on my ass. <laughs> the head of his cock. Um, so overall, well, it was a really good show. You're, you're, you're um, like, Owen, you're, cute. you're losing track of numbers and stuff. I'm just <laughs> I love this show. Um, I didn't remember much of it at all besides the 316 promo. Same. Um, but it was uh, some of the mid-90s stuff was hit or miss. This was a huge hit. Austin yeah. was great. The main event was incredible. Um, and the best thing about the Warrior was Lawler talking shit before the match. <laughs> yeah, calling somebody a mailbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, this is now, we were, uh, well, since we reduced it to three episodes for tonight, I didn't really deal with the timeline or a, a, a time limit. Oh, this shocking. Is, Did we go almost two fucking hours? Dude, this is officially, I think, our second longest episode of all time. Well, fucking it is hell. kind of fitting because this is this is a celebration of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's, You're right. Cheers let's to Stone Cold, more, man. More for him. I mean, yeah, if anyone des- if anyone deserves our second longest episode of all time, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think the only thing that I regret is having cans of a beverage and just crashing it. Because that, w- <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> The next two episodes will be quick, though. Yeah. But that is our uh, that is our episode of King of the Ring 1996, taking place in Milwaukee. Uh, what did you think of uh, this particular show? Anything that stood out to you? What did you think of... <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> well, one of those people that uh, King was making fun of, they they probably uh, had a change in mood during the show. But uh, what'd you think of our review of that show? Let us know on the social media platforms and leave us reviews on the podcasting platforms. 
Uh, that way we could give you a shout out and also just uh, really helps uh, with the, the drunken quality that uh, we try to give you all here. So, uh, I think that takes care of it. That means with Scott and with Eddie, I'm Adam reminding you to, <clears throat> to continue your safety protocols, enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week with another episode. That's the end of our show, and that's the bottom line, because drunk wrestling history said so. Hell yeah! I think I did it again I made you believe We're more than just friends Oh baby, it might seem like a crush But it doesn't mean That I'm serious Cause to Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have.